0: okay 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 this is the visceralist podcast episode 56 you reached visceralist at gmail.com oh uh, there's none okay i thought you were doing woos after every so after everything visceralist Woo. at gmail.com okay Woo. let's get the timing down no hold on <laughs> <laughs> visceralist at gmail.com Woo. uh we're on itunes Woo! SoundCloud? Woo! Twitter. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Excellent.
1: Excellent. Oh, that was a good opening. Good. good. As Strong.
0: usual. We are known for our openings. Um, uh, we're also known for our, our most beloved segment, uh, Trifling in NYC. So let's get right into that. Um, do it. You, you, you have been uh, mostly trifling free, uh, from what I understand this week so
1: yeah yeah surprisingly surprisingly
0: I'm happy well about it that. finally this heat finally broke so in new york so maybe that's people are, are acting a little normal i know people are getting a little reckless in this heat i know i was <laughs> <In this laughs> the, the heat the heat will do that to you I'll tell you yeah, that definitely that's been crazy um well i did i did mention uh the other day that i have one uh involved, it's called the Eminem sketch story. So I'll get right into that. Um, so I took, as I, I mentioned uh, before, I've, I've taken classes in improv and sketch comedy writing uh, through UCB. Um, it's the best uh, school for those sorts of things in, in New York. Had a great experience. It was awesome. I would recommend probably to pretty much anyone that they take an improv class. Um a lot of good stuff, but as part of the sketch writing class. You have to write um, one sketch every week, uh, and then they do a table read uh, in the class where you you go through um, and read read through your sketches. You assign different people in the class, like you, to read different parts, um, and you just go through it, and then you get commentary on it and stuff. So, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, it was definitely I was stressed out about it. I definitely procrastinated a lot. So my classes were on Sundays, and I. I'd be out like I'd get an idea by the middle of the week and then I'd wait until like sometimes Sunday morning to, to write it out Wow and they're only four pages but they would usually take me about two hours to write just one um, just to get all the dialogue and everything right um, and it was a good experience you know I learned how to write I've, I've you know done web series of, of my sketches based on stuff I learned from that so all good so anyway the Eminem sketch story involves um, what uh there's a certain style of sketch uh called a one pager and it's called that because it's just supposed to be a quick setup and punchline and it should all fit on one page and usually in sketch writing if you're writing um sketch for the stage or for even for tv or, or whatever one page translates to roughly one minute of time right oh okay it's a, if, if it's a four-page sketch, it's pretty likely that when it's enacted on stage, it'll last about four minutes. That's a, just a rule of thumb. So a one-pager is supposed to be pretty quick, in and out. So I uh, I was known uh, in class uh, for – and this, uh, this just became a thing over time. It wasn't intentional. But for including dick jokes in most of my sketches <laughs> – <laughs> For instance, in one sketch, I in one sketch, I I believe oh, I, I had a, a I think I had a sassy gay character who said who was advising uh, his his female friend put uh, a platonic friend um, that he's like oh girl if if you something like if you wear that dress uh, he's gonna get really horny and he's gonna ask you to go down on his snake like Ricky Tiki Tabby so that, i mean that's a fairly so obscure... okay, okay. <laughs> so that's a fairly <laughs> obscure reference but you, you know you can look it up if you want but you know there's no need for that anyway point being like this sort of became a thing that my teacher pointed out and then it became a sort of a running joke and then i at some point i would just include one in and most of my sketches just to fuck with my teacher. Right. So that's what I was going to
1: say. So then you just decide that you need to add it every time now.
0: Yeah. No, not literally every time, but like I would include it, like I would know. And then by the end, like I took three, three different levels with this, this teacher. And um, by the end he was getting, we would get through the sketches and then he would start sort of like, as we're doing the table read, I could see him sort of like reading ahead in the sketch. And then he'd be like, yep. And then he'd look at me, point down at the paper, like where the dick joke was. And I don't, I don't think he liked it, really. <laughs> he thought I kind of maybe wasn't taking the class seriously enough. But, you know, whatever. I was paying for it. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no it, it was fine. It was fine. So anyway, um, so I did – we were doing one-pagers. And I guess I didn't really – I'm not – I'm still not really – I don't really understand what the concept is. Like I still struggle with um, game uh, writing for game uh, with sketches, which is a whole other thing uh, that I don't want to get into. But basically, a one-pager is supposed to be like a quick setup and punchline. So the premise I had for this one-pager was, is Eminem going on a blind date uh, with just a regular woman. And, oh, wait, wait, wait. What year was this? Like, which, which version of Eminem is this supposed uh, to be? Oh, this would have been like 20, 2014-ish, okay. probably. Yeah. So he's. I mean, this. is, Yeah. So he's. I guess he's been single. I don't know. I don't really follow Eminem's dating life. I know he was at. Obviously, we all know about Kim. Um. I don't think they're right. together. But in any case, it was no. It was just randomly Eminem. Like it's sort of absurdist premise. Um. Just Eminem on a blind date, and so he uh, he goes on the date. They have some small chat, small talk, and at some point. And this is the punchline part. Uh, Eminem's like, "Uh huh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's great." Well, uh, I gotta tell you, um, here's what I have to say. Uh, you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow me.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So that, <laughs> So I'm still proud of that joke. Um. And she, <laughs> By the way, it's just the next line is that she walks out on him. And, oh, right. So. But like, so I think at, the, at this point, this might have been like the third level of the class. And like, this was the one that really set the teacher off. And like, I mean, everyone in class just was sort of like, oh, God. And the teacher's <laughs> like, no, no, no. He's like, what What are you like? He was so flummoxed. He's like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, what? Why? What is this? <laughs> this, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> there's no game here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a one pager. It's just a setup and punchline. Uh,
1: I liked it. I like it. So nobody else liked it.
0: No, they, I mean, some people laughed. They it got might've some been chuckles. Yeah. Like the thing is like, I was, I was actually trying to genuinely do a one pager. I th- I thought I had it right. Look, I get it's pretty so Like, you know, mediocre joke. It's a little like, I'm just, little bit of wordplay based on you know the lyrics from from lose yourself right um but i don't know he got pretty upset mm. and uh i i don't know I, this was have been the middle of the class so i definitely still included dick jokes uh, <laughs> i can remember some more now but uh i mean, uh, I mean the ricky ticky tabby thing gives you a sense of like what level they were <laughs> they were at um, oh wonderful yeah but you know look you've seen me perform live a few times sketches that you know i think i i didn't completely embarrass myself out there most of the time yeah that's true so, i give you that you yeah you guys were not embarrassing right so that's that's so that i hope now what now what when i told you i had a a, a trifling in new york story involved like involving Eminem or an Eminem sketch like what, was that pretty much uh, meet your expectations of what I was gonna say um yeah probably
1: I knew it would involve like some type of I was thinking it was gonna be some kind of play on, on an existing lyric um oh you did now okay pretty- I felt I felt that part about it but um the rest, I mean, the dating part, I wasn't even thinking about that, and I thought it would be lo- like lo- a little bit longer, more involved. Oh. Um, <laughs> but the that part, like playing off of an Eminem line, yeah, right. like, that's that's gonna happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, it would be tough. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I th- I think that's it is a common trope. Like, if you if you have a sketch or a sketch show and you randomly throw in a big celebrity musician the joke is sort of almost definitely going to revolve around one of their songs that makes sense yeah it it absolutely does make sense like one of their songs are like i don't know it's like something that they, they did when lebron goes on snl or like you know eli manning like there's gonna be at least one sketch about basketball or football oh absolutely they have to include that right I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It would make sense. I was watching. I was randomly flipping through the channels uh, the other day, and I I came across uh, some show. I think it was on the Cartoon, Net, Cartoon Network. It's um, I think it's Teen Titans. It's an animated show. Okay, called, like animated. I've heard of that. Teen, yeah. yeah, Teen Titans with a like a pretty, you know, cutesy animation style and like cyborg and rob robin are in it and then some other dc characters i didn't i don't know who they were but like i'm just like again literally like i was flipping through the channels but like in the moment i flipped through uh lebron james showed up on teen titans on yeah, teen titans in the show animated lebron james in his like white cleveland outfit two two huh. three on it and he's got a basketball that he's just randomly dribbling and the the teen t- and again, this is like given the animation what? style. I'm assuming the show is aimed at like ten year olds. And, and
1: then what's what's he doing?
0: So so yes, of course that caught my attention. So I did stay on the channel uh, to to figure out what the fuck was going on. I was yeah. like, Am I had now I had been drinking at this point, but I'm like, <laughs> drinking doesn't usually make me hallucinate. So. So I was pretty – so I had to – yeah, I had to investigate. So I don't know. It was like Cyborg and like one of his Teen Titan buddies were at like a rundown amusement park. But they saw um, like a session stand with a bunch of different sandwich fixings and they were making sandwiches for themselves. And then all of a sudden LeBron shows up out of, literally out of nowhere and he's like, oh, yeah, I want a sandwich too. I can I can eat a bigger sandwich than both of you. I can eat a sandwich that's as tall as me, 6'8". And then he he um, just quickly eats – he builds a sandwich that's as tall as him, and then he eats it. And then he sort of like dribbles, and he's dribbling the whole time. I should say he's dribbling a basketball. And wow. I thought to myself, this is why we're in the mess we're in because they're subjecting kids are watching this sort of program. <laughs> makes no sense.
1: I'm so confused. Like, is that like a regular occurrence on Teen Titans? They just go around like making sandwiches and eating sandwiches. <laughs>
0: I don't know. If, again, like I don't, I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm pretty far from the target demographic of Teen Titans. um, I, you know, I, I yeah. I, Maybe I don't that's know one of their see, things. I don't know. Like, if, I mean, it does seem like Cyborg and this other character. I think his name was Beast Boy. <laughs> And hey, Look, <laughs> I'm not doing the nerd thing where it's like I, I'm embarrassed to be a DC nerd, so I like, play acting like I don't know that it's Beast Boy. Does it care named Beast Boy? I only know it's Beast Boy because they said that. It's Cyborg said, hey, Beast Boy, make me a sandwich or something. Dang. And then Beast Boy makes a sandwich for himself. He's like, make your own sandwich. I don't mm-hmm. know if – and I don't know if they have a rapport in the context of the show where they they're like really like eating a lot of food. Um, they right, they right, did the seem tour, pretty right? – cyborg in particular seemed like like he spotted with his cyborg eye he spotted this like concession center i think he might have used some x-ray vision on it to determine that there was still food in it and nobody was around yeah nobody was around so they just ran up on it and started, started like going through the shit making sandwiches for themselves and then lebron shows up and he and then he's like yeah the lebron it was really threw me off and as i'm describing it i am describing it accurately but it sounds even more confusing there
1: has to be some missing. I don't know. Some I mean, I didn't. Details.
0: I didn't finish the end of the episode, and but I mean, yeah, it wasn't like it was near Quick and Loans Arena, or you know, it was in the middle of an abandoned amusement park. I don't know what this show is. Like, it seemed like it, almost like a Scooby Doo type type of deal. Um, oh, I've only
1: heard of it. I've never watched Teen. Because there was,
0: so. you know, what there was a scoop. There might be a scoop because like. Like right before the commercial break, it cut to like some two-headed green monster peeking out from behind a bush. Like Oh looking my at gosh! Them. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I don't. I know don't
1: what this... understand this show. Now I have to go watch it. I need to watch Teen Titans. <laughs> if you so.
0: just YouTube search, probably Teen Titans, LeBron James. I'm sure you'll see the clip that I'm talking about. Um, okay. It is. It does seem random. I'm I concerned guess. about Beast Boy. Like,
1: <laughs> damn, Beast Boy, what happens when he grows up? Well, he becomes Beast is he Man. Still called Beast Boy, Beast Man. Beast Man, yeah.
0: After his, already after a after beast-, his beast Man. After his Beast Boy mitzvah, he, he turns from a Beast Boy <laughs> into a Beast Man. <laughs> He, well, I mean, look, they are teens, right? So,
1: turns from a beast boy to a beast man.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, no, I think the joke is beast mitzvah. Damn. Oh, that's, dang. That's a little bit. That's a little bit better. That's a. There you there. go. That's pretty yeah, well, good. I will edit this. That was so good. That it seems like I actually said beast
1: mitzvah. Beast mitzvah. That's almost as good as that, that what that werewolf bar mitzvah. That shit. <laughs> oh, I always love that one.
0: <laughs> oh man okay that anyway high we, quality this isn't the teen titans podcast so let's let's we i do have one, one other quick <laughs> trifling so if you recall a few episodes ago maybe 10 episodes ago i had a, a, a trifling about um me crossing paths uh in the lower east side um with a bartender at uh, my favorite bar beverly's um and thinking that, like, she we could we were to we do a stop and chat. Oh, yes, and she just walked along and just kind of waved at me very half assedly. So, right, yeah, that was maybe a year ago. So, whatever, it's all good. I still check in at Beverly's every now and then, still, still a big fan. Um, but uh, late, recently I crossed paths with uh, also in the Lower East Side, um, uh, this guy that I know I know from actually you know I know people around the Lower East Side that just kind of hang out at the same spots right uh you know that that area around Beverly's has a bunch of cool places that that were out and so I bump into people like regulars there and so I get to know them and I see them walking around so I cross paths with this one dude um and and I was like he was like headed to some gallery launch or gallery opening and so we cross paths and He's like, um, he was he was really dressed up, and so I was like, "Oh, uh, where are you going?" He said, like, "Oh, I'm going to this gallery opening." I was like, "Okay, cool, yeah, maybe I'll I'll catch you over at Beverly's uh, later." Right. And he's like, "Oh, no, 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 hold on. no!" And then he said, "Beverly's is dead." What? Yeah, and this, and this, this was just this past week. And this is a pretty cool guy actually like he's always kind of around like the hot spots like he's bounced around the lower side he's in the know okay We'll like him i think i think that's what happened that it would means when you know people are smiling when they're in conversations with him and <laughs> and like he has, seems to have people who will talk to him like while i'm you know maybe maybe on a bar stool looking over at the fun, the good times. Yeah, from a yeah okay. Right. And then maybe they invite you a little bit. Um, sure, they could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, so this is—I guess this—I don't even know if this counts as a trifling, but this is maybe just sort of a general Lower East Side update for everybody. And I'm—he just said he said Beverly's dead. He said it's too. i, I the implication is that it's like sort of overrun with. You know, Brolo types. <laughs> which I was hoping you were gonna say. It. <laughs> um, that's sort of the vibe I got, and so I was like, "Oh shit!" So I was like, "Is that whole part of the Lower East Side dead?" He's like, "No, no, 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 it's still all good." But Beverly's good. so I'm like, "So where do you hang out now?" And he said, "Clandestino." Which, oh, okay. You know, we we both know we've been many times, so I'm like, "Okay, I'm good over at Clandestino too." Um, right. And so um, yeah, so I guess that's just the lower East Side update. Beverly is apparently dead. I don't I don't agree. I've been to Beverly's within the past I don't know, couple weeks. I had a good time. Um, Beverly's alive and well. But I don't know. This guy the thing is uh, he's got me I will say he's got at least got me questioning it at mm. this point. And I may I may need to go on a like a Friday or Saturday night just to just to check-in that that that's true it really does depend when you're
1: going right it could be completely different crowds
0: I mean I, as you know basically Williamsburg and Lower East Side have different crowds um, on the Friday and Saturday nights than they do on say like a Wednesday night yeah I don't know if you've noticed that you can speak to that in Williamsburg You used to live there or maybe your current neighborhood um,
1: I can't you want me to speak to it,
0: yeah, a little bit
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean you, you definitely notice a change um well Williamsburg has just changed overall in that just the general population right but um definitely in Williamsburg, you'll see the difference, like my new neighborhood right I do see a difference, but i I go like. You know, I've I've been pulling some of your moves, like going at off times, so you get friendly with people. Mm. So then, when you do go during the busier times, you're recognized, and the bartenders are like, "Oh, yeah. you yeah. know." I I learned by watching you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but you could definitely tell a difference, especially on um like the other side of Eastern Parkway. Like if I go north okay. and on Eastern Parkway by. On the other side, um, by the Franklin on Franklin Avenue, right. like on the weekends, it's like a, it's a different crowd. It's a little younger, um, a okay. little more Manhattan crowd, less hmm. less 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 locals, I would say. Right. Then you're basically every day. That's usually just like Friday night and Saturday night. Like Thursday night is usually still fine. Then if you're out, like saturday early-ish or any other time but mm-hmm. yeah you definitely get different different populations of people going but most of the time it's not like the places i go to i don't see like the uh i don't see too many brolos i don't see see too many youngsters either i I just started avoiding them now so right yeah
0: yeah that's uh i mean i guess that's, that's normal for like people tend to like I, look we live in new york people come in from because it's a big deal like it's a big deal to come to the city to people and i don't want to i don't know I, I guess i don't really care about sounding would it would it elitist is that the word i'm looking for or like like i'm looking down at people i yeah. guess maybe i am a little a little bit because you know you live in brooklyn i live in lower east side and so you know, it's people, not everyone can live in these types of places, and, you know, people want to be out, also it's really expensive here, people want to live where it's, I guess, more reasonable, I don't know, people have different priorities, and it's it's all good either way, but, um, yeah, they're fucking brolos and nerds, and I don't want anything to do with them, they are <laughs> on me, because they smell, and I don't want that to get on me, is the thing. Oh, brolo <laughs> smell. Yeah, yeah. Hmm um okay Drakkar I don't know Aqua Axe etc anyway you know you know all the sense. uh I know uh, just a general sort of uh yuck anyway um let's move on uh, we have a we have a a new segment that I'm gonna try out um called the how would this play out segment (laughs) the day the name for the segment needs to be workshopped a bit um but you know i just wanted just an idea that i had because you know this this there's twofold reasons why i wanted to do this segment and basically uh as i mentioned a i was having like when i watched games with my friends um like, I've been watching soccer lately with uh, our one mutual friend, lives in Lower East Side, uh, oh, and watch basketball with you. You're very knowledgeable about basketball. Um, my buddy that I watch soccer with is very knowledgeable about soccer, soccer strategy. You both play those respective sports on a regular basis. So as someone who didn't play them growing up, like, it's interesting for me. Like, I'm still learning about general basketball strategy. And, you know, I, I play tennis more than anything in, in, like, middle school and high school. Um, just recreationally. So I, kn- I know that pretty well. Oh, we should talk about that Serena thing, by the way. I um, could, yeah. Yeah, but, but let's let's try this first. Uh, so so it's interesting for me to, to sort of learn as I'm going and like to talk and like to sort of like – so the, the purpose of this segment is for me to toss out seemingly weird ideas that I think as sort of a layperson, maybe a layperson with a little bit more knowledge than most, uh, should work uh, in in uh, in uh, the basketball context. Will do since you're that's your area of expertise. Okay. Um, so it was sponsored by that, and also um, there's a Malcolm Gladwell article in the New Yorker from a while back about Vivek Ranadive, who is the current owner of the Sacramento Kings. Um. And the article is about how he coached his girl, his daughter's um, girls' basketball team. I think the middle school team. And he came up with the four on five strategy. Are you familiar with this?
1: No. What was that?
0: So this is a defensive strategy that um, that he he sort of worked up because he's a very analytics driven type dude. I think he made billion like a billions or hundreds of millions in in tech. Um, doing something i don't know exactly what but that's why he was able to buy the sacramento kings obviously um right. but he so he she saw his daughter was really into basketball but they were really terrible at it um so he's like okay what's an analytics way i i can try to help the team and basically what he came up with is a doing full court press like playing full court bas- defense basketball like on every play yeah yeah He's, he saw as inefficient to just let the team advance to half court uh without like un, unfettered okay so he started um so to help with that he started uh making the the girls run run more to get their stamina up to build up the their ability to like playing full court is like um is draining. it's draining it's exhausting yes absolutely Okay, but the but the the key thing that they started doing, and that they the the league eventually outlawed, I think, the following season, because this girls' team Dang. won won the championship or got to the championship game using the strategy, was four on five defense, where basically they still do the full court press, but only four defenders go back with the offensive team, and one stays on their hoop, right in the uh-huh. backcourt, and so. And basically cherry picks. So right. regardless of whether or not the, the offensive team then makes a basket or if the defensive team is able to repound, they immediately throw it to the, the player who's on her own at this point. Um, and she has a completely wide open shot because the defense can't get back in time. Right. Like the throw reaches her before the defense. Does that make- Okay.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: So... I guess well we'll start with that one because like he when he started he bought the team he actually and started taking taking a hand on he wanted to take a hand on like coaching strategy as well and he suggested that the NBA Kings NBA team do this strategy and he was laughed at and mocked.
1: Yeah, I would I would do the same probably.
0: <laughs> and okay, why is that briefly? like what uh, what is the flaw in that strategy because it seems like especially at the NBA level uh, at the NBA level well open, like
1: a completely wide open shot i don't i don't know how old these girls are i don't know how the skilled side. they are however the i will side. tell you at the NBA level yeah. if you are playing 5 on 4 on defense you will get scored on every single time and really, they will they will be able to get back. Those players are so skilled and so knowledgeable about what they're doing. If they have a right. man advantage on every possession, they're right. going to score on every possession. Really, yeah.
0: So how does that work? Like, what is they they, they? Well, they could also just tire you
1: out. They could just pass the ball around for and exhaust the entire shot clock, and your guys mm-hmm. just standing there, and then and then they score, and then you're even then your four players that are not cherry picking playing defense are even more tired. <laughs>
0: So in that instance, okay, so the four players that are playing the def- they're playing defense on five opposing players. Right. So you're saying that those five players can just pass the ball all around and wear out the four players? The four players they
1: could they could potentially just exhaust the entire shot clock and then score, and then your players are even but more why, tired by
0: the end. Why would they even need to drain the, the entire shot clock? Why would they do those? Just to counteract
1: your five on four strategy.
0: But what, but how does that benefit them? If 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 scoring is not going to be a problem in any case, why not just shoot it right away? You could do that too. But you're saying that they the defenders won't get any man to to mount like a really good defense. It would be impossible. they
1: would be okay. Um, and I also just don't think you would. Um... I don't know. It would it would really depend like where the person was standing. the, the guy, the person that's cherry picking. So say they're like how, how far like back they're right, standing. Right
0: in the corner, like so they're probably going to cherry pick from three point line. So you have your best three point shooter just hanging back, and he's just outside the three point line and in the corner. So yeah. So mm-hmm. you, so okay, quick outlet pass from the baseline, assuming they they, they score. Okay, so they score every time. Fine. Uh, also,
1: all you would need to do is as soon as the shot goes up, one person just runs back
0: oh okay right like i mean so okay (laughs) (laughs) right as soon as you shoot it one person runs back on defense like so especially if if the assumption is that this shot has a way better chance of going in because you're probably yeah you're probably getting a higher
1: percentage shot because you're you're playing playing with a man advantage right And so you're not even going to need to try for an offensive rebound in that case. You would still try for an offensive rebound, but you would – well, generally speaking, you usually don't have every – all five people go for the rebound anyway. There's usually one person that's sort of hanging back um, just in case someone leaks out or it's a long rebound or anything like that happens. Um, So it wouldn't be much different than probably their original strategy. They would just – that person would just have to make sure – be aware – of the location of that cherry picking, um, opposing player and just go to them immediately as the shot goes up.
0: So, but, but, you know, if someone, even if it's from baseline and he's like, say, you know, it's Kevin Love chucking the ball with like extreme accuracy, Uh that ball is going to be moving faster than any player can get to that, that cherry picker It will wide open three point shot.
1: Yeah, that, that could work. But, um, he, yeah, he would have to go all the way to one of those corners, right? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's it's uh, it's interesting, but I, I I don't think it would work in the NBA. Okay. Um, the shot goes up. You sprint back. Like, you, you're running as – as a defender, you're running back into the backcourt towards that open man before the ball even goes through the basket.
0: As soon as it goes right. up, you're running back. So you think it is – Pot, you, got so, okay. you got enough it time. You got enough to make time. Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there probably is enough time to get back to that cherry. Pick. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that was a strategy devised by someone with several PhDs and and analytics. Yeah, you know, now let's see it, what, what kind of Kings ideas they come up with. It's are still quite terrible <laughs> as well. Like, <laughs> so I think that's I think that's what Deadspin said in their commentary on this. They're like, "Fuck it, they're bad as hell anyway. Why not try <laughs> it? Because it's, <laughs> it's weird."
1: Exactly. They
0: they should have just been open to
1: trying anything. Like, sure, <laughs> why not? We uh, we suck already.
0: <laughs> well, in that case. Why not just do one on five? So keep so you're keeping four players. So you're just giving up a basket. You're just not caring. You're just letting them score. A Having the person. Mm-hmm. So you need one person so to inbound right after they score? But that just have him chuck it back. Now you have four players who are all set on offense, and the defenders are now have to get back pretty quick to so four players who are already yeah. completely set. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I mean, how is this? Well, tell me. Tell you, so Mike D'Antoni is known for seven sec. Like his team's not necessarily playing great defense, right? At least when he was on the Knicks right. um, or Phoenix. I don't. I have I don't know Houston. I don't know these Houston games seem pretty high scoring uh, last year. So, I mean, I guess those players are still defending somewhat. They are.
1: Yeah. Houston, this this Houston team plays much better defense than his old teams used to. Um, and, they, you know, those old teams, they were okay defensively. But, yeah, their idea was, like, they're going to play defense, but they're going to try to score quickly and, like, kind of wear you down, I guess. Right. But he had the, you know, he had the Hall of Famers on his team, so right. it's a little easier to run an offense like that when you have players of that skill level.
0: Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So as I said, like this guy came up, super came up with that, let's see what ideas I came up with. <laughs> um, not, I'm not a PhD, but you know, I do, I do like to think outside the box every now and then. So, okay. So, okay. So here's one. Um, so in hockey, there's a role that's known as the enforcer. Um, which is basically a, a guy who's willing to go and hit the opposing team players pretty hard. Um, right. there, is, there sort of is a concept of that in, in the NBA. Not as much anymore as, as maybe in the 90s, the, the Charles Oakley days, uh, right, the Bill, Bill Lambeer days, um, where the idea is you have a player who... You know, we'll set hard picks, who will foul hard, give hard fouls. hes They're allowed six before they're kicked out of the game. And they'll use up all six in, like, pretty hard ways. Right? So yeah, my absolutely. Idea, which, I mean, again, like, I'm sure all these ideas have been thought of. But, like, it's interesting for me to, to work out why exactly they, they wouldn't work. So, this idea, you know, have a guy who's, like, literally the, the 12th guy on the bench... Or the or the fifth was it fifteen players a team? Yeah, fifteenth guy, who like, you okay? So there's two parts of this. It's probably making league minimum. Have him foul the best player on the other team really hard, early in the game, just over and over and over. Six hard, really hard fouls. Yeah. Injure him if need be. You know. Oh my gosh. But like okay. really, <laughs> hard, I mean, okay, fine. Oh well, we'll say we'll say six hard fouls right away. To the best player, yeah, and I'm not talking like uh, let's not even do LeBron because he's I mean he's too he's built too big. So let's say like a Stephen Curry, right? Okay. So Cavs, Warriors send out say you know Jetty Osman or or somebody to six hard fouls, Steph Curry right away. First thing, like literally pushing like not enough to where it's like I guess if you if it's really aggressive, you get a flagrant foul, you're out right away. Yeah. But like, I mean, that, uh, yeah, okay, okay. So, so you get the overall idea, like I do. This doesn't seem to really happen anymore. No, and certainly not six in a row from the same player on the best. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> so why? And why, so why is it you think that wouldn't work, or would um, work? Um, it. You know, I maybe even as like, like a psychological thing. To, like, I think it really
1: play. depends on the player. The fouling um, player, or the player is getting fouled. Yeah, the player that's getting... Well, I guess on both of them, right? Because you have to have the right person. Like Steph, your your example of Steph, right? Okay. He's a a trickier one because he takes so many jump shots, right? Right. He's not not driving as much. It's easier if you have, like, a big guy, and every time he drives in, you just foul him. Right. Right? That's... That's, well, I'm saying, that's a like, one. and I, li- I like the psychological advantage. You're like setting the tone and they like, take it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> take <yeah>. this,
0: buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, okay, so like, so there's 15 players on a team, but you know, in the rotation of normal games, say there's only going to be 10 players who actually play. So ha- have those five extra guys to literally, I'm talking, and I'm talking like really aggressive, like have them one through five, like get them fouled out. Even if it's flagrant too. Okay. So yeah. So then the other problem is all those
1: fouls are problems, man. Why? Because then you get
0: start getting in the bonus. Right. So that means you if you the bonus means that if you foul, they take the free throws and they get the ball back? No, you they just they get the Oh, uh, what is it? In the, I'm not even
1: sure what it is in the NBA anymore. But um, NCAA, I think, is like on the sixth or seventh foul. Then no matter what kind of foul it is, whether the offensive right. player is shooting the ball or just or dribbling, any, any type of foul, you get. The they shots. take. Um, no, that's the one on one. And then after right. 10 fouls, like if you so you shoot one, if you make the first one, then you get a second one. Okay. And then right. after 10 fouls, it's automatically two shots no matter the foul. So right. you would be giving, you would be putting them essentially into the bonus on purpose in the first quarter and like the first five minutes of the game.
0: But the, yes. Yeah, so the re, but I'm, but here's, a, here's the thing. So I'm saying you send, so Steph Curry is getting, so thir, say Steph Curry, like I'm not joking. There. Like I, like this only works. Like, so, okay. So five players get six fouls each to give before the kickback so you're giving you're fouling steph curry really hard 30 times in the first quarter okay that's gonna fuck with his head it, it will but you're also giving like now you are giving them a lot of points because he's probably gonna make all him those a lot
1: throws. of free throws and he's like a 90 free throw shooter and by doing by fouling him that many times you're giving everybody else on the team free throws as well no matter the foul Right. I mean, that's that's the only problem. I don't see, like, a terrible problem with the strategy. I think you just have to control the amount of fouls. Like, maybe you get, maybe you do, like, three or four.
0: I'm thinking, like, or maybe you could space them out. So you don't, like, in the first few minutes of each quarter, though, you're fouling him three, three times really hard. And yeah. it, you're eating those buckets that he's going to make just to take him mentally out of the game. I guess it's because you're not going to, like, I'm not suggesting... You just injure him, like stomp on his face. Like, right, right. Then you, you know, the, it's going to the team, like, then you're entering into the territory where, like, the team could be forfeiting draft picks. Or they could just be banned from a season. Like if you really, if you're telling your players, break <laughs> this guy's jaw by smashing his head against the ground repeatedly. <laughs> that's different from what like I'm talking about. Hard NBA fouls. That one.
1: right. This is not a terrible idea. I just think you're going a little high on your foul count. But I, other than that, I don't um, I don't mind the rest of it. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think, I mean, there's got to be a reason why they don't, like, they do still have sort of enforcers, right, I don't know who,
1: yeah, who not as much not as, as much, not as much anymore, I guess, like, the tough guys, you could be, like, maybe, like, a Draymond Green type of guy, um, yeah, z but he's getting, he's getting old, too, right. uh, maybe, like, a DeMarcus Cousins, Right, you know guys like that, but it's it's becoming tougher. I think just with the advancement of, of the league and like the advancement of just the skill level of the players, like everyone, it's too too big and too. There aren't as many like um, how you say like oafish people <laughs> <laughs> in the league, just like big guys stomping <laughs> around, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and he's like,
0: "Got gotcha. yeah, okay." Yeah, there's only right? so many Gonzalo so so... patchoulias left in the league. <laughs> <laughs> Anderson, Anderson farajah I'm right. thinking just because of his right. floppy hair. But you're saying, yeah, so you're saying there's like most you got to be so skilled to even make the NBA. Yeah, so, I mean, here's the other thing: like, you start piling up these hard files, eventually you're going to just get flagrants uh, and you're going to be like banned. You're just going to start getting
1: banned. Right. From- See, that's the other thing. And then like people aren't going to like you. And, and then you have to face all the social consequences of being that person. The coach would have to face those as well. It's like, ugh.
0: yeah, that's, I think that's that, part of the other reason, right? That probably is a good check on it because yeah, like if you start becoming known as this sort of, you, you could be a pariah and you, then you could be traded to a team where that has, you know, a player or a friend of a player that you, you know, you did these six-hour fouls as policy <laughs> on, and then you could be ostracized and you know they find ways to make your life hell. I'm sure. Yeah,
1: but you know those
0: those
1: it's still yeah you know, yeah they're still the enforcers, but nothing. I don't think there's been anything like that example that you just gave that strategy. But I, I mean maybe that existed maybe people have done it but i think people have done it sort of not as a uh not as explicitly as you were saying right. but it's like yeah if if they come driving to the basket we're fouling everybody in like yeah. the first five minutes of the game nobody gets a, a free shot and as soon as they come into like this area of the court we're fouling them you know right
0: yeah i think if it's if it, if it becomes known as like you know coach x like this is just what we do we are going to be like this is uh we got the foul first policy this is by coach, coach X. we got that foul first policy don't come in here <laughs> yeah don't come across yeah. the, the don't come across the half court line you're getting fouled six times right hard <laughs> by 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 a schmuck and the thing is i mean the thing is that the, the team the team owner would have to be like a complete scumbag too but Assuming he is, then he could make a side deal like, okay, dude, I know you're only getting $100,000 this year, but I got you on the back end on the low. The double, <laughs> double bag. I'll send a double bag to your car. after the <laughs> game. To the <laughs> tomorrow with, with like a million in it, you'll oh be good. <laughs> yeah, you know, it could Or just pull someone off of the league who's never going to – or like – an undrafted player who doesn't have a chance in the NBA really or shouldn't be there. Just have him go yeah. out there and like you like, know like, like if push if you're working hard and
1: foul And, and sometimes you know what it, it it could um work in that player's favor. Sometimes the fans love somebody like that. So,
0: right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Fans I mean get really into it. They're like, yeah, get him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got him. <laughs> foul first. <laughs> foul first. See that jam. Right, so, that could yeah, catch
1: foul, foul first is a
0: The problem is going to be though, like since every team plays every other team in the NBA at least twice, um, you know, you go to the opposing, you know, court, the opposing team's, you know, home arena. You know, there could be issues with like, I don't want to say malice in the palace, but oh I don't boy, know, the booing would be incessant. That's just a given. I don't know. Like batteries being thrown at people. Hopefully not. Cause then the audience, I don't know. Like it could be pretty bad. Damn. This, yeah. This, I, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying I would ever want to see this. Like it's pretty horrible, but you know, in a cutthroat league where any strategy could probably be considered like, you know, this one does seem like it would delve into like really dark, <laughs> dark, dark, <world, laughs> Mentally, <laughs> yeah. like emotionally. I don't um, know. Yeah, if a coach yeah. came out and said we got the file purse policy and explained it, he would Adam Silver. No, would, no, 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 no. It would have
1: to be like some yeah, you you that couldn't be an official official policy of the
0: team. <laughs> <laughs> right. Where they have like big phone fingers that's like <laughs> it's just like someone okay. like a foul like a like a foam finger that's somehow attached to like Steph Curry Steph Curry's head it's just also in foam and the finger's going into his eye <laughs> <laughs> like when this is foul first on it <laughs> you probably would get in trouble if you made that as well yeah
1: yeah you probably probably would
0: okay well yeah
1: so what's but I, I you know I, you know things like that are they're always interesting because there's the you know in these established leagues there's all these established ways of thinking and about the strategies and about the way things have always been done the way that people think they should be done and then right. somebody comes along and does it usually it starts like um, I forget the name of the guy that you just said for the Kings but usually it does start at like a lower level somewhere. Right, and right. then somebody at a higher level picks it up and tries it to see if to see if it will work against better competition.
0: Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like well, that, you know, yeah. the Warriors so thing, know. like right. just like where, which you know, the the new owners of the Warriors like to claim credit, or one of them claim credit for analytics telling them that we should just be drafting and playing players who shoot three pointers really well and just shoot a ton of three pointers, like. That was an animal. That was look. That's been an option for any team for the past I don't know forty years, and
1: yeah, you know, yeah it has been.
0: <clears throat> People just didn't think they could be successful with it, right? Um, okay, so here's the the other one I had, which I don't. You may even need. I may even need help from you <laughs> to even explain what I'm thinking about here. But basically, it's a double pick and roll, right? Oh, so, okay, so pick and roll. As I understand, a big player, so say point guard brings the ball up, big player sets himself in a position where he just stands to get the defender to have to go around him to get to the the ball handler, which gives the ball handler maybe an extra second of space uh, in order to, to do something good, right? Right. Whether it be score or a better pass or whatever. So what's to stop? Another big big man setting another pick, immediately after like a different 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 offensive player setting another pick immediately after the first one, to give again the ball handler uh, like just a little bit more room. Again, like what? So okay, so what's? I assume there's an issue. Uh, there
1: nothing, nothing really. I've I've seen it happen. It's you sort of run into, you have to space the floor right. You would you would get a little clogged up. Um, with all those people in the same area, you're talking like like six people in like very close quarters, right? Then, right. if you're if you're doing that, um, right. but I've I've seen plays like that. Usually they'll space it out like a little bit more. Like they'll have they'll run the first pick and then the second guy will be there or, you know, then you have another person screen for the person that set the screen and then that's happening. But I think I've seen that, what you described, but not exactly how you described but Like there's a little more space.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I could see the issue get with it getting clogged up, but Mm -hmm. I guess like if you uh, like, this is uh, Oh, this is another strategy that I, that I, I won't take credit for this one, but Someone on, I think it was in a comment on a Deadspin article, <laughs> someone suggested. So Steph Curry, basically, like when he's open from three, he's probably yeah. like ninety percent sure, or maybe like seventy-five percent, or something crazy like that. So the strategy that this person suggested was, why not have a moving wall of the four other offensive players, just forming a basically a wall. In fr- directly in front of Steph as he brings the ball up the court, so that he can have a clean look three basically every shot. Like can you? Can they you could just go it? around the wall. Okay, so say it's more of like an oval, an oval shape around Steph. That again, like the idea is like they're forming the pr- this. Pr- it's sort of like the you know the idea of a pick and roll, except it would be moving. This would be as they're advancing. The four players just sort of like form like a loose oval, so that if anyone tries to approach them, they got to deal with one of these four, right? And if they yeah. do quickly enough, and they run fast enough up to the three-point line, what would stop the? Do you see any issues? How uh,
1: would this play out? That's, a, that's weird. Um, I've seen like the standing wall. I have what's he calling that? Wall of- yeah, of all the, the sort of sort of like in the soccer, sort of like in the soccer setup, but it's usually on like an out of bounds play, like everyone's standing in a row, and then you'll have like four people standing in a row, and then one person goes, and they, you, and all of a sudden they're behind them, and then they're open. But this moving wall, I think it could. <sighs>
0: would would that be to, legal? I think
1: it's, I think it's thing? illegal. I think what they would call the moving screen.
0: Um, but it if it really it's, depends. But if it's as mm. like as they're bringing the ball up, so it's not like, you know, usually when the point guards bring the ball up, the other four players will go to their particular spots, like shooting guards spot, center spot, et cetera, whatever. They're, these are sort of set and sort of standard, standardized it to a degree, right? So but instead of doing that, right. they're all directly in front of them, like they if they do it sort of if they make it look like they're about to go to their spots, but then they just sort of stay in this formation around him. Like, all they need to do is get to the three-point line. And if the defense isn't playing full-court defense, you know, they could probably get there.
1: Um, I don't think it's a terrible idea. It probably would work maybe, like, the first two times, and then people would figure out how to counteract it. Um, you could pick up full-court, you could right. do a full court press. Um but I think it would definitely I think it would work as like an um just like a surprise strategy, like every now and then people would be like mm-hmm. very confused and then you could get an open shot. So you do it I think if you do it every now and then it works, but not something that's
0: like every play down the court. How would you how would you defend against that if let's say you were
1: if I saw it, a, if they did it a couple times,
0: and then you're yeah, like, "Oh," so if you saw it a couple times, and then you saw they're about to do it the third time, like, what would you? I'll let you pick. You can either be the coach in this scenario or a player on the team.
1: Well, yeah. If I was the coach, then I would just start with the full court press. It'd be it'd be easy. Then you just you could just run a a zone press, or you could just even do it a man to man. And then it's just so many bodies around; it'd be completely clogged up. Right. And then he wouldn't be any, getting any kind of free shot, really. Right. Um yeah it wouldn't be super it wouldn't be like incredibly difficult to defend if you knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. But if you, if it catches you by surprise, I could see you easily getting an open shot and everyone just like looking confused.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like the well, sort of like the Philadelphia special like um the Philly special that uh you know that play where they did like a reverse and then they the running back actually passed it to the quarterback who was in the Right,
1: right. Those sort of things. Yeah, it's just those kind of like trick plays that you have to run, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Here
1: here and there. But I like that idea. That's interesting one. Like create a bubble around Steph.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in the NFL, like I guess like, like, you know, everyone loves a good fake punt. Yeah. Um, Big field goal, right? There's probably maybe, say, seven – trick plays that, like, you know, teams generally know, they have in their back pocket, they f- probably use it maybe, they'll use a trick play maybe once every three games. Maybe once every four games during a regular season, right? Yeah, probably. But what if a team just out of nowhere like, did a trick play like, every play, or every four, every three plays, there was a trick play. That would be pretty disorienting, right? I mean, I guess teams would, would adjust eventually, but... Like, I'm I'd, like, I'd like, if you really disorient people in that, like teams in that way, like, just do a fake, like fake punt every play.
1: <laughs> like Wait a second. Yeah. It would, it would definitely mess with people's like, minds. You'd have the, 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 the psychological advantage, like, advantage, yeah.
0: I guess that's, maybe that's what I'm, I, and the, I guess we've identified like what I'm geared towards. Like it is the psychological advantage. Like, because if you're just doing fake field goals, every single down like the opposing coach is going to be like there's no way he's doing another fake field goal Obviously right
1: that's what that's what you be thinking like is no
0: but the fifth time you do it like if you're really set to do it 10 times in a row that like after the fifth time the coach the opposing coach is going to be like there's no way he's doing it again now i get it okay he's this is going to be regular so i'll set us i'll set up our defenders to do regular you know and then no he's be like this is crazy <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, uh, it's it would be that would be really interesting to see if someone well, did that actually, many you know, tricked, I did, I if did someone did this, that many trick plays
0: i did see this at a i'll, I'll just say my, my alma mater has a big rivalry game at the end of the season and one year our my team was very uh, wasn't very good just across the board uh, but our right. quarterback was pretty good and so i'm not even joking like literally I would say 70% of the plays were the quarterback running. Snap to the quarterback and then he just takes off running. Oh, okay. Not that's that
1: that's not sense. that confusing, though.
0: Really? I mean, I guess yeah. in college the quarterbacks run more than they do in the pros. Yeah. Um, but it was incredible because even the fans in the stand were like, okay, there's no way they're doing another they're like again,
1: right? Unless that's something that they'd never, right? right. You're okay, yes. So, unless if that's something that they've been doing all season, not surprising at all. But if all of a sudden they just like bust that out in the second right. quarter of the game for the first time all season, and it's like, what the hell is this?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess that like I don't, I, I don't like logistically, I don't know how you would even practice. To, to set up like say it's a big playoff game like and you're like okay we're running trick plays literally every play like, literally every play will be a trick play that would be really i don't know that i think it might work i think it might work it would be so disorienting
1: it might i mean people come out and do wild stuff all the time like sometimes they'll come out and do like the the onside kick you'll just do a surprise like in football just do a surprise onside kick Get, the, get right. the ball back after you score. I mean, because people aren't – they're not expecting it.
0: Right. I mean, the, like as I was saying, like the way this started – one of the ways it started was watching the World Cup recently. And uh, so I watched a few games. And I was like, if a team is up, say, 3-1 or 3-2, right. and it's like there's like say 20 minutes left or 15 or, or 5, why not – and the team that's up has the ball, um, say, in, their, in their, their side of the field, right? The uh-huh. Why not just pass it around between four people, four players, four defenders in a tight tight square formation, right? So say they're like, I don't know, 10 feet away from each other in a square. Okay. Just pass it, pass it between each other. Because, like, yes, the, the, the offensive players will try to get the ball – Steal yeah, it. but as long as you keep passing it around, just drain the clock. Um, I, mean, I think it's probably easier in, in soccer because the field's just so big. But I, I was just amazed. Like I was like, why don't they just do this? They they would. Definitely- it's a
1: massive field. You're right. I I, I don't watch a lot of soccer, um, so I'm not gonna say that. That's I don't think I've, I've I've ever seen anything like that. But I've definitely just seen them like kicking it back and forth to each other. Right. You know, like like in the backfield when they just sort of they have no incentive of pushing it forward. It's right. like yeah, just kick it back here a little bit. And then I mean, I and then one so. of those other guys comes like running down at them so then they like maybe they start to move forward
0: then. But um I guess I feel like my overall thing is like I feel like in well, in this case if you have like a set like that, I think what you're describing is more like Let's get our let's get a play set up. Let's get our offense time to set up play, get in position, and then we'll boot it down when they're in position. And then that's sort of. But I'm talking like, I guess it's it's just weird to see that, or it's, it's not weird for me. I, I do get that these have probably been worked out, and there are reasons like the ones you explained in basketball. And there probably is a reason why you couldn't do this in soccer. But it just seems like, yeah, you're up. You can drain the clock because there's no play clock, which which I guess you right. sure in basketball. Um, you know, Yeah, sure, an offensive player tries to steal it, but that's when you just pass it. And as long as you got like a, a square or maybe a pentagram set formation with, with a fifth defender, I think you could probably I mean, get away with it. it. It worked in basketball for years until the shot clock
1: came. It was called the four corners. So if you were up with like three minutes to go and you were up, I don't know, maybe like five points or something, you just put players in the corners of the court on your side when you were on offense and just sort of passed it around and people were moving, you weren't even going to the basket. You were just sort of like, <laughs> just spreading it out and staying, right. staying as far spaced out as possible. And just like not even looking to score. Right. Yeah.
0: That was yeah. probably really fun to watch for this thing. That's why, <laughs> that's why they, they were playing in like, I don't know, peach fields or whatever it was. I, don't, I, don't really, I think in the peach, peach Fields? I think the peach basket wasn't that the first basket. Yeah, yes, the Naisman. peach basket was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I know, I know something. I <laughs> you know, with peach, here. peach related. <laughs> peach related, yeah. I don't know if it's grown in the field, or the underground plants. I don't know. Um, yeah,
1: they're, they're on trees. Peaches grow on trees.
0: Okay, if you say so. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna look it up.
1: I mean, Um, I'm pretty sure that that's part of, I don't know the definition of a fruit, but I I don't think fruit
0: grows on the ground. It's a stone fruit. Is it? It has a a pit. I think if it has a pit, it's called a stone fruit. Um, I think
1: there is something called a stone fruit. Or is that just stone um, fruit?
0: A stone fruit but is egg- a definition of a particular type of fruit that has a pit, so like mango. <sighs> <pages>.
1: Ooh, Ooh.
0: <laughs> this guy. Okay,
1: excuse me.
0: <laughs> I really hope I'm right about that too, because I'm actually only eighty percent on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Eighty. We'll go with eighty percent. Okay. Uh, in any case, uh, where was it? Oh yeah. So I we were. What's well, interesting? Like I was you. I sent you. Um, that clip of Gilbert Arenas messing around yeah. uh, with with Nick Young and his kid, God, that, that video like, first of all, that video is hilarious, especially the- <laughs> like they have in the bathroom Iggy and Nick and he <laughs> the last G and Y. He's like, no, no, no more Iggy. <laughs> he only he only want those IG G Yeah, he
1: just you just hear Nick yelling in the background. What are you? <laughs> doing?
0: <laughs> he uses real paint yo where did
1: he even get paint from he had paint in yeah. a brush
0: i don't know i was nick young's house is pretty empty so i'm assuming yeah he just moved there uh anyway if you don't know what we're talking about uh, you know i wouldn't even look bother looking into it but gilbert but I bring that up because gilbert arenas has a podcast called the no chill podcast and the he apparently also has some like basketball strategy explainer series um that i could oh. see where basically i was watching a clip it was really interesting it's like the clip is titled how to score on anybody and he was talking about like how um how uh, as the ball handler i mean he's a point guard right so right what his strategies were for leveraging his his defenders strengths and weaknesses like, like against them like if they were like I think he was talking about Kobe like if Kobe was defending him and he said Kobe's really strong so I can't like I can't go in there like slow I have to like take a run if I'm going to try to get past Kobe because he can try to push me but I, if I have momentum like his strength isn't going to do any good like or stuff like that like it was really interesting. Yeah. and he's oh, okay. really knows his shit um, so I'd recommend it but yeah that's also part of the impetus behind this um, so, I'm going to figure it out someday and I'm going to sell it to Vivek on a DBA. let sell my strategy. The Kings are going to get 82 0. Oh, that would be amazing. And then they'll change the rule. We'll call it the
1: <laughs> first, first foul violation. You had the first, you'd be doing your first foul technique and the bubble. Nobody would know what to do.
0: <laughs> first foul plus the bubble. <laughs> that bubble people would be all messed up, yeah. Okay, well, I'll look into it, I'll see if I can get a hold of his people. Um, <laughs> so do we do we want to is there anything else? Um, do we want to touch on the V or the Serena thing? Um, I watched it live,
1: I did not. I, I, I heard I started seeing some rumblings on the internet, you were texting me, yeah, and then. I watched it today and I was like, oof.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. It was like, as I was <clears> watching <throat> it, I was like, I was like, okay, Serena just kind of talking at the chair umpire. Okay. That, that happens. She does that. Whatever. Everyone, everyone does that from time to time. But then it kept going on and it kept going on and on. And then, and then the, the thing was the chair umpire's microphone was picking up what Serena was saying, which I don't think usually right. happens. And so you could hear literally everything she was saying and like, She was getting so upset and then she started talking about like i have a daughter and yeah she was going all over the place like i do i i mean effectively like i i teach her that not to cheat and like to to play with honor to do things with honor and all this stuff and then she went into the women's rights thing and i was like wow like the scope of this just keeps expanding yeah (laughs) Um, um. Yeah, it was I, – I guess my main comment is like, it was – I was just – I'm still like kind of blown away like by like that it happened because it, I watch a lot of tennis and it is the – I don't think it's even close. I don't think there's any incidents just as a general incident, particularly with her opponent who is 20 years old, got a great backstory, looked up to Serena, was like pretty much destroying her throughout the whole match. Um, you could make the argument that Serena was broke her in a, in the second set, and uh, I think a couple times, and could have been starting to come back, but she was getting outplayed the whole match. Um, and this is a girl who who, used to, who still looks up to Serena, and like she was crying the whole time. And oh, it was crazy! Like just I the, did cool. see that, yeah. The overall incident is it's not even close. It's the it's the craziest, most unusual, bizarre incident to happen mm-hmm. in tennis. I don't think there's any incident. I
1: didn't, I didn't even realize they had all those rules. Oh, I, th- I like think a lot all of those point are... point penalties. And I never understood the no coaching part. Like, why couldn't you, why can't you have coaching? Well, that, that just never makes sense to me.
0: Especially if the coaching just boils down to like a few different hand motions here and there. And then, yeah, right. And like, so what is it that yeah, she may or may like, not be able to even see that she may not be able to register. Cause usually they have to be so focused.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think there's any other sport that's like that where you can have no outside input or like encouragement.
0: I from, mean, if that's the case, from just somebody don't. you
1: choose, right?
0: But it, yeah, it's specifically just one person, a coach. Not even every tennis player has a coach, one thing. Right. And B, like, also, if that's an issue, well, if there's any chance I'm going to get called for this, I'm not having my coach there. And he'll just have to get yeah. it from somewhere else because I don't want to get called for this and bear- not even realize. I think the issue was she didn't even realize that she had been called for the first one. Uh, the coaching thing because I I'm not sure if the umpire communicated to get it to her, mm. but also she got a, a penalty for smashing her racket. Like,
1: yeah, they're doing that now. They're trying to make it more civilized. I did see that somebody else, one of the men that happened recently, and they were. You're mad about it too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Think, for some yeah. for some reason, that was on my radar now, but yeah. So she got those two, and then I didn't know you could lose, lose a whole a whole game. Like, nah, you
0: yeah, lost this third, game third now. Third like, strike, what? you lose the game. Yeah, the, yeah. I, again, this is the first time I've seen like the tennis racket smashing. Like, the thing is, tennis is like tennis needs to embrace like players showing emotion like that. Like smashing a tennis racket. These players are you have to be so finely tuned, like. They don't just do this on every point. Like, if they lose a point, that's there's real reasons behind having that level of frustration to where you do that. And it's she, also she, it's entertaining. She
1: smashed it. It's entertaining. She smashed it ground. during the, uh, like, on the, in between, on the side, or, like, during the game?
0: Oh, no. It was, she had just lost a game. Um, oh. like she just got broken um, by Osaka. And so it was, yeah, so it was the end of the game. They were switching. So, So, yeah, it wasn't, but I mean, look—it takes like thirty seconds to replace a racket. They have a bunch of rackets. Right exactly. It's not an issue. And it's. But
1: uh, I guess that's against the rules now.
0: Yeah. So it's unfortunate. I think my buddy, a buddy of mine was texting me about it too, and he said, "You know, the thing is, like, every this is kind of, this is like uh, this is bad for literally everyone involved." Yep. Which it is. which I don't yeah, like it's so it sucks. Uh I look I'm a big Serena fan. Um she seems like she's you know, just a generally cool person. Like I always I do always factor in, you know, sep- separate from the game type stuff. She seems like she has mm-hmm. good integrity. Seems cool, nice, got a good smile, you know
1: yeah it it's it just especially to happen in the final
0: yeah it's just like really leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth exactly yeah, yeah. i think that's good that yeah, leaves a bad taste in your mouth um it's and like, i didn't even on. watch the men's final today i saw it the yeah which one um i was too busy um cleaning up on uh, fantasy, and I want to send a shout out to um, the fantasy uh, players that I'm in the league with listening to this podcast who were laughing at me because my draft got a D plus grade <laughs> by Yahoo <laughs> because I did so, I did make some unorthodox picks, but but okay. as I look at the scores before we started recording, I see that I'm on pace to win first all, um with my man saquon barkley and uh jalen ramsey on defense and etc etc so um you know who Hmm. you are out there uh and yes i will be clowning you and i am gonna win this year so
1: uh wow good for you
0: thank you yeah thank you (laughs) Mm -mm. um I hope you can keep it up the rest of the year. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> if I start losing, again, <laughs> oh, it's, I know. Like this, this, this league I'm playing with is hella petty too. So I know someone's gonna like find a way to take that that snippet. If I start losing, they're gonna play that. <laughs> um, like we're we're in a group chat on it too. I know they're gonna be sending it through on that. <laughs> so it's be a good look.
1: Yeah, I got I got confidence in you.
0: Are you doing fantasy football? Yeah,
1: my team is terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible day right now.
0: You don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, it would be all right. Actually, it wouldn't have
1: been like as terrible. Ben Roethlisberger like really messed me up today uh, with I'm three sure. interceptions and one lost fumble. So, um, well, that was that was painful.
0: You know, I will say I picked Jimmy GQ um, in the in the third round. Wow. Uh, which I definitely caught a lot of shit for, and he did not do very well today. But no, he played against that, yeah. uh, the number two defense in the, in the league, so I think things are le- looking up. I'm going to stick with him. I think he still well, got good potential. So good luck to
1: that. both of us. I don't know, man. <laughs> I really don't know. This is for me. It's looking a lot like last year. I'm like, oh shit, here we go again.
0: Bullshit. Oh shit! What a,
1: last year? No. Well, good. last year I, I I turned it around at the end of the year. I went on like a four week winning streak,
0: but nice. um, yeah. But the first part of the year was awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're putting money in. Don't don't say how much money. But if, are you putting?
1: I don't know. I had to go back and check to see if there was a final final dollar amount. I think it's the same as last year. We will
0: You don't know. If you paid
1: yeah, I I think it's the same as last year. No, no one has paid
0: yet. Oh, you're okay, so you're pay on the, at honor the end. We all we all agree to pay. You're on the honor system. Yeah. Oh, no, my league like it's like you don't you don't get to draft until you pay. So they're, they're Oh, paid. okay. We have a treasurer, someone who keeps all the money through his in his like PayPal or something. Um, she's
1: yeah these mine was a little uh, more loosely organized than most um <laughs> yeah the commissioner forgot on thursday and then somebody else was like so are we playing this year or because <laughs> i don't think we drafted and the game started tonight so <laughs> wait so you, had to, do
0: your, you had to do your draft like the, like a couple hours before the season started,
1: basically. And then I was trying to convince everybody that the only fair way to do it would be just to do auto draft for everyone. Everyone auto drafts Oh, right?
0: that's a good idea. Yeah, especially with such short notice.
1: Exactly. So then everyone auto drafts because it's, it's, like you, you know, we've got people in like three different time zones. So like yeah. every everything would have been messed up. So I think I was like just do auto draft for everybody and then you make your moves afterwards if you want to make moves but you know everybody they starts off you know and people weren't into it. No. I auto-drafted. I don't know if everyone else did so some people obviously did not mm. mm-hmm. 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 I was a little just upset about it I said would it would have been, been fair would have been fair even playing field if everyone auto drafted. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm gonna have to start a protest. I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to put something on the message board here and be like, hey, uh I noticed some of you guys didn't auto draft, even though I thought we made an agreement
0: from the auto drafting. Yeah, so what's going on there? There's a good
1: reason. Uh, so, I definitely want to hear what it is.
0: So, so start talking.
1: Yeah. You have forty-eight hours to respond, thank you.
0: Um Okay, well we can we can wrap up. I think. Um, uh, is that cool?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. I know we didn't we didn't get to insecure, but uh, which I do want to. But let's let's do let's let's take care of that next next time. I'm not even sure if I watched last week. Was it yeah. one last week? Cause the holiday. Yes. There was? Oh, okay. So maybe I didn't so watch both, it that We both need to get caught up, I think. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So that'll be good. We'll check back in with Issa and all them. Right. Uh, all right. Any last thoughts?
1: Um, Eat some green.
0: Eat some green. Keep it healthy. Keep it healthy. <laughs> and if so, someone gets in your way, foul them six times real hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a business podcast.
1: Foul first.